Brought to you by Nordic Podcast. We are here with Martin Daviga, <laughs> close friend of mine, a, a speaker, entrepreneur, and uh, two years in a row, Norway's number one uh, meeting booker. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Times times two, obviously. Thank you. So I'm really happy you had the time to come here. We have tried before. Yeah. Schedules, pandemics, like there's always something. Yeah. But um, we have you here now, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. First of all, really appreciate coming to the to the podcast. Yeah, As you man. know, we've been knowing each other since since high school. So uh, I can remember even back then talking about the idea, you drawing a botware on the paper and now we're here. So uh, it's a beautiful journey, man. I really appreciate that's it. That's insane. These are memories I haven't unlocked for for decades. Yeah. But we don't meet as much as we should. Yeah, 100%. You know, but um, hopefully we could make, make some uh, time up now yeah we'll manage man it's <laughs> just uh just a priori- priority thing so we definitely should we both uh have a lot to talk about right yeah because first of all how did you manage through covid whoa because um, <laughs> that's how long it's been man yeah well of course covid for me also was tough yeah uh went through some uh, personal challenges that been quite uh, tough and uh but you know it's also been a blessing i believe like in every crisis there's a blessing mm. and uh, i believe what the world has woken up to at least myself is how important human connection and relationships are and what really matters on a fundamental level so for me it's been kind of a beautiful awakening mm-hmm. to kind of connect more with myself and really feel what i want to go <laughs> after and where where do I want to take my mm-hmm. next vision and s- so that yeah. makes that makes a lot of sense because yeah. for those who do not understand what is first of all a meeting booker yeah when once you explain that they will <laughs> understand why relations like you just said are so important for you and why you're this successful mm. at what you do because you are a people person at your core so what is a meeting booker 100% and, and thank you for mentioning and seeing that because at a core level, a meeting booker is someone or is a person who schedules and books meetings, sales meetings, mm-hmm. f- to a salesperson or a managing director for them to go into the meeting and sell. So he, he or her is specialized in just booking and scheduling a meeting in the calendar of the person who's supposed to go to the meeting and sell. And... Uh, yeah, you call people every day you don't know through the phone. And uh, during 45 to 60 seconds, you got to convince them on who you are, uh, why they should care, what you can uh, help them with in regards of which problem you can solve for them or which potential you can help them and achieve. And why the heck you're different from 10,000 other people that are calling and trying to pitch the same thing. <laughs> So you got to be super precise like a brain surgeon in the way you communicate and every word matters. So it's almost like you are pitching. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. To I don't know how many phone calls a day. I have no idea. Uh, well, how I schedule my day now, I'm not so occupied about doing 
X amount of numbers. I schedule my day into deep work sessions. Mm -hmm. And then I call for 60 to 90 <coughs> minutes. And within the 60 to 90 minutes, I only do one thing, which is call and pitch. So I block out all the distractions. I'm hyper-focused on what to say, how to go forward. So it's like putting yourself in a deep state of flow. So you kind of have a framework knowing what to say and how to say it, but it never goes according to plan, right? Okay. Because you're speaking with human beings. Right. And human beings have emotions and different days. So there's thousands of details that goes on every single second. Uh, so you got to be highly aware from calling to the introduction, to the pitch, to the value proposal, to to how you establish and confirm needs <gasps> and how you handle objections and how you close. So how did you fall into this? Because I remember, <laughs> man, history class, me and you sitting chemistry. in the... Chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> chemistry, yeah. sitting in the front row. I, if you asked me back then, yeah. this guy would be at this level doing specifically this yeah. type of job. I, I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know this category existed as a profession. Yeah, not me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, you know, you remember, I wanted to be a chemist. I right. wanted to do <coughs> biology. I wanted to become a skin doctor, chiropractor. Right. But I ended up on BI. But, the uh, business school. Yeah, international business school. And then, but I'm kind of like this energetic. I don't know if I have ADHD. Probably I have. Haven't got uh, checked for it. But uh, I just love when I get, I get bitten of something I love, I just love pursuing it and mm -hmm. going all mm -hmm. in. But I tr my first year, you know, I tried to sell everything uh, I, when I started for myself. Uh, and I tried to sell battery chargers. I tried to sell... Battery chargers? Yeah, like um, when you need to charge up your phone and then you have like a portable battery right. charger. Tried to sell web pages. Wow. Uh, I tried to sell uh, like uh, profiling equipment for companies where you can like buy a shirt and put your logo on mm -hmm. and reflexes and stuff like that. And all this through the phone? Yeah, uh, all just through the phone. But the first year, nothing worked. And, and prior to that, uh, after BI, just to jump to that again, I, I did yellow pages. What is that? Like selling... Uh, advertisement in the yellow pages oh, uh, wow. for one year that was brutal that is tough i've never yeah. met a salesman on the phone that i liked <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, but that that's that's the problem yeah uh, it's how most people approach sales selling and uh, meeting booking is not a problem mm -mm. it is the associations you have mentally which give you the wrong emotions mm. when you work with sales, which sends the wrong vibrations. So a lot of things I'm talking about, I'm jumping a little bit now, but it's all about learning how to control yourself emotionally, mentally, and understanding a lot about human behavior and how us human beings works. Right. So the most important thing is not how the other per person is feeling or perceive or is having a bad or good day the most important thing is how are you feeling when you're communicating what you're communicating okay okay and so so yeah. let's say you have a client that you yeah you have Sava. you want to make Sava like 
get into a meeting with me because he's this big investor yeah. and I need <laughs> his attention. Yeah. And then I like call you and I go like, yo, help me out here. Yeah. What do you do? Okay, first of all, <coughs> uh, we got to break it down into fear. Into because, fear? Yeah, fear, like having fear. Okay. Because there's one primary fear that are stopping people from succeeding with cold calling. There's several, but one of them is having the fear of not getting accepted or rejected and also having the fear of failing mm. or not having success. And when, if you take it further down, chunk it down, what creates that fear in calling on the phone? It is you don't know what to say and how to say it and you're not secure enough in how your pitch is going to help the person you're calling with getting their problem solved or how they will reach their potential. So when you eliminate that, you know what to say, how to say it, and there's no uncertainty in the details in the pitch. You know how to do an introduction. You know all the details in the introduction. You know how to do a value pitch. You know how to establish a need and confirm it. You know how to handle objections. You know how to close. Then it doesn't matter if he comes with 50 mm -mm. different objections. I don't close every meeting I call, but it's about having a framework of knowing what to say, how to say it, and how to move forward. And then just right. being aware of every single scenario that can counterattack you on the phone. Is, so is this teachable? Yeah, 100%. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a profession. I can teach anyone to book a meeting. Yeah, I'm sure of that. That's crazy, man, because yeah. it sounds like, y y it does sound from where I'm sitting that a lot of it is instinct, intuition, belt upon experience. Yeah, 100%. And that's kind of why I'm asking, like, okay, but is that teachable? And if so, like, where does one start? Yeah, you, it is teachable. Because this skill <laughs> is transferable in life, man. Yeah, 100%. It is teachable because you start at an emotional and mental level. So you got to start with the big picture and just understand business, okay? What is business? You get paid to solve problems. What is sales? And then you start by identifying which limiting beliefs do I have within sales? So a lot of people think that they are pushy, manipulative. I don't want to interrupt uh, important people in a the day. They don't dare to speak up their mind and opinions when they're calling people that are above kind of their grade. So... It's all about identifying which negative associations do you have within sales and then you can start to reframe it. And uh, that's what I did. I asked, why do I need to feel what I'm feeling and thinking what I'm thinking negatively about sales if, I'm if, to, if I am to work with it for the next 45 years of my yeah. life? That's painful. I don't want to yeah. feel and think this way. So I asked myself, how can I identify and find new belief systems that would strategically help me within sales? And then I came up with kind of my most pro uh, provocative statement, which is, it's unethical to not sell. It's unethical to not sell. Yeah. And I can back it up with proof because... I'm all ears. Yeah. Which as salespeople, we're good to talk, right? But the proof is in the pudding. So right. <coughs> if you go to a website called ringvirkninger.nb.no, by selling, you create revenue, right? Mm. By creating revenue, you create taxes and so on for society. And taxes builds society. And 
It also provides jobs for teachers, policemen, and you can build football fields, uh, like elderly homes. Right, right. So for me, to s- for people that say, I do not want to sell, then you're saying to me, you don't want to contribute to society. Right. You don't want to contribute to police getting work. You don't want to contribute to new football, right. p- football pitches being built. So th- you're thinking more about your own ego than actually helping people. Right, because you have connected now s- service yeah to sales 100%. so the trade of yeah i could see that obviously and obviously and 100% and, and of course uh i've uh, not always been a, g- a good salesman mm-hmm. I, it's been a lot of training but at a core level it's actually about caring about really genuinely genuinely caring about other people helping them solving their needs and problems and their potentials and every human being on planet Earth has problems and potentials. Yeah. Doesn't matter how famous they are, how powerful they are. If you can say, "Hey, my name is Martin. I'm calling because I can help you. So I can help you solve the problem you're having, or this potential you're trying to reach." Everyone would listen. Hmm. But you need to be as precise as possible in the pitch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by identifying the problem they have. Then they will listen instantly. I see. So you basically put problem solving and service as your front line and everything yeah. else opens yeah and and and, and helping them reaching their potential right and a, a lot of, and the emotional part of it is am i feeling safe when i'm pitching am i coming from a, play, a state of love presence certainty confidence competence because competence breeds confidence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of training right so <coughs> A lot of people have unrealistic expectations on how much time it takes to come to this level. And three of them are you're expecting to reach a result in sales because you ha- don't have you haven't had enough activity, you have a, you don't have the competence, you're just feeling entitled. Right. Well, that doesn't work. That's arrogance. But the most tricky one is you're expecting to reach a result because you have a lot of competence but you've forgotten to have that activity mm-hmm. because hey just because you're smart doesn't mean you don't have to t- put in the work right exactly and the f- most frustrating which reads leads to unrealistic expectations and uh, like feelings of blame and disappointment is that you expect to reach a result based upon a lot of activity but you're not matching it with your competence yet mm. so my main thing is be so freaking good they can't ignore you mm-hmm. and match it with activity that's the golden right standard you should strive for because then it's just a numbers game so when you started this how old were you and how long did it take you to figure this out oh that's a good question i started when i was 21 after working in yellow pages was sick of sick and tired of being sick and tired right. didn't want to have a boss that telling me to do things they're not doing themselves not leading by example and um, it's back to one of the things i told in the beginning because after yellow pages i was trying to sell everything i didn't have the focus i have a lot of energy but i need to center that energy into a framework so i can channel it in a di- mm-hmm. direction and December 2014, I understood after having a revenue of 54,000 was a 
cocky ass guy going out of yellow pages thought i was going to become a multi-millionaire and then first year was 54,000 knock in revenue uh had to take up a consumer loan for 110,000 norwegian kroner I had to max out my mastercard and american express for 25,000 norwegian kroner each total of 50,000 kroner and i was on nav and then i was like okay this this business thing this entrepreneurship thing it kind of didn't win as I, as a plan. <laughs> so I don't think... A lot more cost than expected. Yeah. So, so I needed to focus, right? And then I said, okay, what do I kind of like? I like sales, but I kind of like meeting booking the most. So I just started, got uh, one opportunity for one month and I said, okay, this is your shot, Martin. You got to deliver. If you don't deliver now, you have no work. Mm. I delivered. Then I got another assignment, got another assignment, just keep grinding. And uh, yeah, like my fourth or fifth year into it, I was like, I don't know if I'm kind of good at this, if this is my thing. And then suddenly when Finanza Wiesn approached me, I was like, perhaps I'm good, I don't know. Right. Because for me, just I'm just doing what I'm doing, you know. <coughs> it's, it's common thing for me, booking meetings, It's it's... It's just ongoing. It became on nature. Yeah, it became nature. It so yeah. Yeah, so it, for me, it's it's really booking a meeting with someone. It's really just a natural process. Right. Basically. So, uh, so yeah. how, let's say there, there, there's someone who wants to learn this skill, but yeah. apply it to their day-to-day -day relations. Because yeah. what you've basically spoken about is, you've spoken about empathy, putting yeah. yourself in other people's shoes, yeah. putting service first. Yeah. You even said most of your or most people's angle is wrong. The, the the angle one has to approach with is problem solving. Yeah. And these things I see all these things as translatable skills you can learn and acquire and use in your family relationship, yeah. in your own business, uh -huh. raising a child. One hundred percent. But what is scary is that this is not common knowledge. No, not at all. Because if it was I mean, you wouldn't be where you are. No. And, and, and booking meetings would be a lot easier. I forget about it, you know. That's, I th I th in my head, I think it's right. It's common knowledge, but I understand it, it isn't because, I, because I'm so used to it now. Right. But yeah, it's true what you're saying. It, is, it ain't. No, no. But so do you think you had a unique predisposition to this growing up? Because mm. I know that, you know, you have roots in Cape Verde. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a good question. I would say I am blessed in a way with having a unique ability to communicate and speak. Mm. But I haven't gone into the health store and bought 10 milligrams of elite meeting booking skills by <laughs> on a supplement, right? So, so that's why I'm... I don't want to project this image to the people listening that I'm like this alien guy and right. nobody can do what I'm doing. Right. It's a really, it's a systematic, structured approach, both the emotional and mental part and the practical part where anybody can learn it. But I'm not saying everybody needs to love cold calling, mm -mm. but the funny thing, I hated cold calling in the beginning. I have no education, so I had to go into sales. Mm -hmm. I hated selling, to be honest going to yellow pages. I was dreading to get up in the morning to go to work. 
but I had no other option. Wow. So I, I, the irony is what I hated, I had to become good at, and right. when I become good at it, I learned I can't work with something I hate my entire life, so I got to learn how to love what I hate. It got to wow. be a better way, right? Wow. So I needed to challenge the perception I had about sales and booking meetings because I didn't want to feel shit my entire career if I have to go this career path I've chosen. So that's when I started to try to challenge every perception and thought I had around what I hated. You're very introspective because a lot of people will... Because that's a very powerful statement. A lot of people will obviously back away from something they hate rather than look at themselves introspectively and go, why do I hate these things? Yeah. If it is service to begin with and then twist it or turn it in a way that I actually love serving in this manner. Yeah. And the important thing is back to the primary fears we have. We have the fear of not getting... Uh, fear of getting rejected, not getting accepted, fear of failing in business, not having success, fear of losing money, not earning em- enough, fear of not not being intelligent <laughs> or being <laughs> dumb. But the point is, if you work with sales, it's not a question if you're going to get rejected. The question is, do you want to get rejected in half an hour, <laughs> one hour, five minutes, ten minutes, right. three hours? So my thing is, I just want to get rejected as fast as possible because true fear, true actively seeking your fears, seeking getting rejected, seeking failure, seeking losing money, that's your road to the other side of the rainbow. So the obstacle is the way you gotta confront your fears and you gotta expose your body for the feeling of rejection, humiliation, and I say, in sales, there's a cup of venom you gotta drink every single day. In, the, in that cup of venom, there's the fear of rejection, f- uh, the fear of not getting accepted, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of stress, uh, inner turmoil for not reaching your KPIs, friends looking down at you. But the question is not that if you're gonna pay a price, mm-hmm. pick your poison. Mm-hmm. It's like, and in order to pick your poison in sales, you gotta have a vision of who do you want to be, what do you want to have, and who are you becoming, and what do you want to do. And that vision gotta be bigger than all of your fears. That's the only way you're gonna drive forward through the pain and pleasure and embrace both sides. Hmm. Or, or else you're not willing to embrace both the pain and the pleasure in pursuit of the purpose. So you gotta have a vision that is bigger than all of your f- emotional fears. Mm-hmm. Wow. So so fail often and as fast as possible because in most cases or in a lot of cases yeah. it's inevitable and you just stall that fear and drag it on yeah. for ten minutes, one day, one hour, whatever the case. Yeah, and and, and, and what is actually fear? If you try to like speak around mm-hmm. speak a little bit around it because especially in cold calling, it's I define it as it's irrational scenarios and details Mm -hmm. which the mind creates because it's the unknown Hmm. and that's the thing if you don't map out the details you plan and prepare the execution then you're not willing to execute because you're not seeing the details it's it's the right 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 it's the uncertainty of the details what is going to happen in the introduction is he going to reject me so 
a lot of the times when we don't know the details, we're afraid to execute and actually do what we're supposed to do. But that's why rejection is your best friend, because every single call you get a little bit smarter. Every single decision maker educates you on why are they saying no? Why are they saying no for now? So the, your market is your best friend. So by taking notes and gathering information and doing self-analysis, okay, I'm struggling in, in, in the introduction. Why? I'm struggling in the value pitch. Why? I'm not unsure how I should establish and confirm, and confirm the needs. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with handling the objection of sending me a mail. I'm struggling with the clothes. So like a surgeon, you got to work on every single part, every single detail until there's no detail that is going to surprise you on the phone. I can still get some surprises t- for today, but not so much. And how, then how was your last surprise? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the last one that made you go, ah, I got to get back to the drawing board on this one. Wow, yeah, that's a good... Uh, that, uh, honestly, that hasn't happened for a long time, but... <laughs> Uh, that has not for a long time but it can be perhaps when I've asked a question to establish a need and then I said okay for example so what was your revenue stream last year and then they have gotten a little offended Mm. of how how direct I've been on the phone Mm. and not in a mean way but some people because I don't minimize myself Mm-mm. when I talk to decision makers or it doesn't matter on which level, I dare to ask them questions in order to establish the needs. But in sometimes people can feel it can be a little bit provocative. Right. So why do they have that fear or that defense mechanism? Well, uh, I just blame myself. Yeah. And um, because it's much more empowering to take it on me, hmm. or than uh, and or and to not blame it on them, because a lot of the times when that happen, I can emotionally and how I pitch, I come off a little bit too strong with too of a strong frame, too direct, yeah. too forceful, too pushy, so. In those circumstances, in that conversation, I remember I could have been a little bit more soft. So it's a lot about what is the energy I'm projecting out with what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. But then how do you know the intensity level you need? Do you study these guys beforehand? Is it like... It's based upon um, having... I don't study them. Okay. Or that's not true. I study them. I know what type of decision makers there are. Okay. But when I talk to people by hearing their voice, by hearing sound, because you just have your voice and right. and your ears, right, on yeah. the phone, it's basically just speaking to thousands of people. I kind of get an emotional map of... Where they are. Yeah. On the spectrum. 100%. Damn. So it, you yeah. have illuminated body language. This is what's really difficult because when you are sitting next to someone and talking yeah. you can see body language and people say what it's 80 percent of all communication yeah this is eliminated on the phone there is no body language it's literally just tone yeah, yeah but the thing is i don't hear only words i feel words mm. so a thing about this is every single word has a 
either you have a subjectively positive association to it or a negative association to it. And that's how I should also work on structuring my pitches. What do I mean about that? For example, if I say mean, most people have a negative association towards the word mean. Mm -hmm. If I say uh, collaboration, mm -hmm. most people have a positive association around collaboration. If I say the word negative, right, uh, you get right. my point. <coughs> so a lot of the times in structuring a pitch is using the right words which have the right emotional connection to that word. And it's also about how you're presenting it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The way you're using your voice, are you speaking from your neck up here or are you able to take it down and really ground the one you're speaking with to impose authority or uh -huh. so it's just, yeah, you're not seeing the body language, but in my case, I feel the people I'm talking to because I also have a high level of empathy. So it's really just about listening. Is it flakiness in the voice? Is it a lot of, um, for example, if you call them and they're in their car and they say, hey, Martin, yeah, hello. Okay, okay. Thanks, okay. Hey, this it's Martin calling here from company X. Uh, am I interrupting you right in a, are you driving your car? Am I interrupting you? So I'm just saying and labeling, which is a really powerful technique, what's happening in the present moment. <laughs> and by doing that, you get their instant, att instant attention and by being empathic and caring about other people and showing that you understand the context and the narrative of the conversation, people also understand quite well that you are a good person too because they see it's a real professional mm -hmm. here and a, and a quite good person calling right, me. Right. So it's... I, I see... Yeah. I see a lot of transfers in this again, as I've said, because... How would you? I think you would be a really good hostage negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> like no, because let's be honest. Let's think about it here. What does someone who, like whatever who has a hostage, like all these hostage negoti negotiators, what they do is they're problem solvers. Yeah, they try and identify the needs of the person across the phone. They try and satisfy or fulfill those needs and what is their number one thing? Keep them on the line. Yeah. Don't let them hang up. Yeah. I think we found your... <laughs> <laughs> is, would that be your calling? Uh, have you, nah, I don't have know. you ever thought about the parallel? Uh, I've been I've been inspired. I've read Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, which is recognized. He's recognized as the number one hostage, hostage negotiator in the world. Wow. He worked for FBI and Black Swan Group, I think See, his I didn't know this. Called. I didn't, uh, wow. So he, he's the one where I learned labeling from... Chris mm. Voss, uh, and uh, he he's a yeah he has a powerful masterclass. Uh, so being probably unconsciously a little bit inspired about him, but th the most important thing is just when you book <coughs> meetings is okay. You can't sell something or convince something to others if you haven't convinced yourself. Mm -mm. Are you comfortable with what you're selling? Are you truly in your heart trusting yourself that this product and service can help this person you're calling? And um, then when you know how to move forward, it's just repetition and training. I don't have all of my days aren't good days. No, no. So people got to understand that it's just a habit that has been formed and trained upon every single day for eight years. I'm so a result of eight years of training. Right. 
and 11 years of personal development and courses around the world and diving deep into NLP, human behavior and different mentors. Diving deep into? NLP. What is that? And neuro-linguistic psychology. Right, yeah. right. I'm a certified practitioner, master practitioner. Of neuro-linguistic psychology. Yeah, poor programming, they call it, NLP. Is, is that like um, how the words have power for, for neurological yeah. um, perspective yeah. or how you yeah, use words, influence? Yeah, how words program your mind, basically. Th there was one example I heard of uh, neuro-linguistic programming of when, you, when you're late to a meeting, if you go, sorry, I'm late, versus if you go, thank you for your patience, yeah. <laughs> you have literally changed the mood of the room yeah. from you coming as the, let's call it, perpetrator of a yeah. bad thing, a fault. I have held the meeting up, I'm late, and I'm apologizing. Yeah. Versus you coming, saying, thank you for your patience, and being the bringer of um, gratitude. Yeah. and praise yes. that even though the meeting has been held up it's because of your good qualities that's a good uh, i haven't thought of it in that way but definitely that's just reframing right, right? And, right. and so it's like when what people don't understand is words have way more power than we actually think and every single word at times can carry an energetic vibration behind it mm -hmm. and you got to be really consciously aware of how you structure your words and that's the name of the game when you book meetings because <laughs> and and how you use your voice and how you're feeling your state of being is that specific day right so so w what else in neurolinguistic programming like for the rookies out there including yeah. myself <laughs> yeah did like could you elaborate on that yeah well first of all i'm not an expert in nlp no no uh, so but i think it's it's been a fundamental thing which escalated my communication skills far beyond what I thought because it created kind of a foundation of my language and also I'm born with parents from Cape Verde Islands they speak six languages wow six yeah so which which ones Norwegian English Creole French Portuguese and Spanish so kind of having that from the family and the NLP it's, it's giving me a lot but the best way I can describe what NLP has done for me is the ability to, it's just my brain helps me ask quality questions and helps me do self-analysis mm -hmm. in a much broader way without striving so much for, for it because right. it's, it's just natural for me. Right. Yeah. But that that is technically the definition of reprogramming. Yeah, you know? yeah. Taking something new and programming it to be a habit, and then yeah. effortlessly performing that habit. Yeah. So how has this affected your personal life? Because I see you're in really good shape. Ah, uh, thanks, thanks. And you look exactly the same. Like <laughs> you don't you don't freaking age, man. <laughs> thanks, this is man. the exact same. <laughs> like even <laughs> in high school, like same everything. <laughs> so, how has this affected your personal life in terms of health, in terms of psychology, in terms of bettering yourself like yeah first of all yes it's it's a good question uh, it's it's done it's done everything for me mm -hmm. actually it's number one i'm much able to uh, connect with human beings on a much more authentic level mm. 
and understand humans on a more much more fundamental level because the funny thing we're all the same but it's just our values and model of the world which are different and then we judge what we haven't owned in ourselves but in essence we're all the same wanting uh, safety right. food love uh, relationships so i would just say yeah it's it's broadened my perspective it's easier to connect with people understand people it's easier to be a good friend uh, help people it's easier to just be inspired it has also helped me a lot through challenges mental challenges emotional challenges personal challenges by understanding that i'm not a slave of my emotions and my own thoughts i can actually be a master of my thoughts and mm -hmm. of my emotions a mental master so for me it's a mental tool combined with other things i've done i have kind of a toolbox on how i can reframe reprogram my perceptions how i can better take control of my decisions and actions and understand why i feel guilt why I understand i feel shame understand why i feel blame and don't let that burden and carry me for a long time but i have mental tools and models where i see them as feedback systems right that guides me towards growth and just becoming an even more mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. mental master basically so what's a daily routine for you because this is a lot of upkeep this is a lot of yeah deliberate habits that you have planted in yourself so what does like a routine look like for you throughout the day it's a funny thing because i'm actually not a morning person <laughs> uh and well, that I theory goes <laughs> out the window <laughs> so uh, a lot of people uh, think like, yeah, hey, I'm super disciplined, but I'm also undisciplined at, at a lot. Uh -huh. And uh, I have uh, normally wake up and uh, listen to some music, coffee, and just jump right into work. Damn. Uh, so the funny thing, I haven't had like a firm morning routine. Like I've just woken up sometimes, perhaps one hour prior to work just coffee get jump, on it get on it and just doop, calling because it's just a strong habit right. by calling right. but what i try at least my routine is wake up at uh, 7 7 15 i do wim hof wim hof yeah breathing like the breathing breathing method then i watch some personal development to to activate uh, activate the mind then i work from i call from uh, nine o'clock to two o'clock then i do follow-ups from perhaps yeah uh, two thirty and up then i train come back home and work more what do you train anything specifically uh now i'm training crossfit uh three times a week wow uh a good friend of mine is actually the national champ in crossfit so that's pure hell yeah, what's his name? Uh, Henrik Ittevik. Oh, yeah. So he trains you, or you train together? No, he trains me. He's my personal trainer. Wow. So it's uh, he's he's yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> shout uh, out to him. Man. Yeah, shout out to him, man. So so I at least have a standard of training three to 
five times a week. So three times with a personal trainer and then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the fourth and fifth time by myself doing either boxing, running, uh, strength exercises and, and so on. Right, right. So, yeah. So for me, it's, it's about having a sustainable framework when it comes to habits of what's the lowest you're allowed to go to mm -hmm. when you're on your bad days and what's the best so it's sustainable over time so a spectrum to navigate within yeah 100 percent. because i need that framework mm. or else i'm super creative all over the place so i try to have a framework like financially mentally spiritually socially uh, physically mm -hmm. within a standard of a standard method of operation at a minimum to a sustainable level but by human nature i always want to push beyond my highest level right yeah because i believe I, I don't believe in limiting our expansive nature because it's in our nature to expand right, and grow right. and push beyond even do though it's painful at times do, do you see yourself expanding further into maybe a different field like what comes after this is there an after this have you thought about it is there a goal that you're aiming towards five years ten years from now I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of ideas. And uh, first of all, now it's uh, trying to build up the software company we're in. And What uh, software is this? Uh, I'm the co-founder of something called Lead Jabber, where I'm the software. It's a software company which works with lead generation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we basically have a RPA platform. It's, it's just a robot process automation, which can automize things. Okay. So you can automize emails, build email sequences. Right, right, Yeah, right. stuff like that. <coughs> just build automation workflows within sales and marketing. Right. But mostly sales. So we're doing some exciting things within the sales space, uh, coming up with our own prospecting tool, which can automize uh, the process of finding emails by itself. So I'm on that journey now. And... Uh, yeah, I have some other ideas also uh, that I haven't executed on, on yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, my vision, my timeless vision, I can say that because I feel that is a timeless vision that will go way beyond my death. That is, my vision is to create, uh, help people solve problems and potentials, having fun while enjoying the ride and creating deep and meaningful relationships yeah. so that is my big picture vision which doesn't run out of time which i stick to and now i'm putting that into sales meeting booking lead generation but uh, definitely i've thought about a lot of things mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. uh, online course podcast mm -hmm. uh, writing a book yeah, you definitely uh, need to write a book. Like I would, I would read the heck out of that one. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna read your one, your book also. So looking forward to that one. So, but it's oh, all you can get one on the way out. Oh shit! You can, you can, I can hook you up. <laughs> nice, cool, cool. So no, but it's it's all about also having a realistic framework on when to do what. Mm -hmm. It's probably when to prioritize what. So so I have a map, but we'll see what I will execute on. So because we see the landscape the global landscape is changing crazy. Like yeah, yeah. 2019, 
versus 2020, we all know what happened, right? Yeah. Like 95% of everybody stayed at home and yeah. was working from home. Yeah. Companies like Zoom and all these other um, video conference call companies skyrocketed in usage and yeah. in uh, um, as well evaluation market profit evaluation yeah. so we also see that just that one event changed the landscape of how people work how mm-hmm. people connect yeah and the priority of going to work versus staying at home a lot of jobs even now that everything is opening in a lot of countries mm. people are not going back they're like i can work from home so now this yep. is what i'm going to do yeah and i'm sure this impacted i would say very positively your sector of you know booking meetings because now that everything is like on calls you're like yo <laughs> yeah the i thi- was here already yeah the thing is first of all i've been used to working alone for a long time so for me it wasn't that big of a change but mm-hmm. it was challenging of course but uh actually one of the perspectives when covid hit it was hard for me too booking meetings working from uh, alone working alone being isolated but an interesting thing just to prove a little bit about what I talked about earlier about perspective okay the world's biggest crisis hit Uh, I don't like it it's I don't feel well about it then I ask myself what do I have to think how do I have to feel in order to make it my biggest blessing and inspiration so I wrote down four perspectives which is doesn't matter in the biggest 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 picture of it all doesn't matter what happens because the fundamentals of a business Mm -hmm. is that it will always doesn't matter of crisis war uh, pandemic right (laughs) we might have the second one you just said exactly exactly so but the thing is there's four perspectives that helped me during the crisis which i came with is that in a business it will always be relevant to increase profits reduce costs optimize or automize manual Mm. labor and work or digitalize your income source which has been a major thing right now so for me i was like okay i needed to chunk up and look at the big picture go outside of the noise and that perspective really helped me during COVID. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it still helps me now because every single second there is billions of transactions happening, and it's just about you needing to get plugged into that flow, right? By helping people right. solve their problem, helping them reach their potential, because the business world can't stop. You can't just pull the plug on every single business in the entire world and stop the business mm-hmm. world so so w- w- what advice would you give like because you even said it yourself mm-hmm. these markers you have yeah basically they apply in all businesses mm-hmm. through all types of crisis yeah right but now look what's going on with russia and ukraine yeah look, you know looks what's happening with the economy there is a lot of speculations obviously right yeah. now of what's to come in the next year yeah. heck in the next month in the next so not everyone obviously is a business owner but i no. truly believe that the things you're talking about um they are something that if learned can mm-hmm. better the lives of private people yeah. personal uh, on their personal lives 100 percent. 
So let's say in this uncertainty, look at, for example, the inflation. You know, it's what, 4 to 7% per month crazy. right now? Crazy, yeah, it's crazy. Due to all the printing and all the monetary easing. So it's like, yeah. how do they safeguard themselves? I know presidents can answer this. So yeah, you're not yeah. going to solve no, the no, world's no. crisis right now. <laughs> no worries, no but worries. But I want to hear your perspective on this. Oh, that's a good question. Okay, um, this is a... This is a perhaps a longer answer but I'll, I'll try the thing is i mean uh, is there a, a solution yeah well the thing is uh at least what worked for me or has helped me a lot it wasn't the only solution but the thing is uh, one of my main mentors dr john Martini, who's uh he's major in human psychology and yeah human behavior i went to him when i was 25 and that really uh, gave me a quantum leap mentally and in all aspects of our life mm-hmm. life and what helped me is i think a lot of people are lacking a sense of purpose they're lacking a clear identi- identification of what are their values i'm not talking about uh, emotional traits like loyalty uh, kindness stuff like that but his process is you identify your values based upon your actions. How do you spend your day? How do you fill your time? How do you spend your money? What do you talk about in social gatherings? And by identifying the answers and counting up if you answer so- socialization, friends, business, you can see you're having a high value on that specific answer. When I actually understood my inner value system, and that can change, right? Because mm-hmm. of crisis mm-hmm. and things that happen in life. But I think it's crucial that we learn children and <coughs> youth and people in a much earlier phase what are their highest values, having a clear sense of purpose, and learning how to live by priority of your highest values where you maximize inspiration certainty love and gratitude for the process of going after your purpose by serving the world in the best possible way by the way you feel is right based upon your own unique values if that is fashion if that is socialization if that is entrepreneurship if that is fitness if that is singing if that is making the best furniture if that is being a hairdresser if that is organizing beautiful mm. things in a mm. shop. But when you identify your actual action steps and habits based upon how you're living and not based upon what you think should it should be or you think it right. should be, could be, based upon what family, society, politics and different systems are telling you, but actually you're, you look at your life. What are your actions telling you you're valuing? consciously and unconsciously and when you prioritize a life based upon that i think uh, beautiful things can happen honestly i I couldn't agree more because there's this narrative of pursuit of happiness yeah i think it's a dangerous narrative Mm, interesting Uh, and i'll explain why i think the pursuit of happiness on a physical mortal plane is a very dangerous narrative and i think it should be switched out into the pursuit of purpose, the yeah. pursuit of meaning. Yeah, 100%. Because suffering, exactly, suffering mm. or, or the cause of unhappiness yeah. 
first of all, we'll go into the fact that happiness is a state of mind. Yeah. But first, l- the definition of a physical life is suffering. Mm. You go, you go six hours without food, you're hungry. Yeah. You go two hours without water, you're thirsty. Yeah. There will always be suffering. Yeah. And if you're not in the right state of mind, suffering will always be correlated to unhappiness. Yeah. There are not many people who are happy when they're hungry. Nope. There are not many people who are happy when they're thirsty. So you are living in a world where you will get physically challenged. Yeah. Where you will suffer. Yeah. It is a hundred percent guarantee. Yeah. So if you are on the path of pursuit of happiness in such a physical world, you're bound to be unhappy. Yeah. If the mindset is not there. But if we remove pursuit of happiness with pursuit of meaning or pursuit of purpose, mm-hmm. what does that do to you? Like you mentioned, all these different aspects and occupations you mentioned were purposes, right? Yeah. This makes suffering, the inevitable suffering that will happen to you, it makes it tolerable. Mm. It, in fact, makes it... Meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. And thus, you can endure. Yeah. And thus, you can really suffer and be happy. Yeah, and... and <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing. It's, I think, I don't remember the quote precisely, but if it was Buddha who says the source of human suffering is trying to avoid what is unavoidable and trying to, something like that. In, right, in, in, right, in right. That, in, in that course, I don't remember a quote 100% precisely, but I can say this uh, much more precisely. We human beings have fantasies. And fantasies are one-sided expectations. If I'm saying I'm, I'm always sad, never ki- or I'm never I'm always kind, never sad, I'm always positive, never negative, I'm always uh, respectful, never disrespectful. If you expect yourself and others to be one-sided, you're gonna experience, as my mentor says, the ABCDs of negativity, anger and betrayal. Uh, you're gonna feel blame you're gonna feel irritated and frustrated well that just is based upon you and me being unrealistic that human beings are supposed to be one-sided and the only way you're willing to drink that cup of poison is and by embracing both sides the rejection and acceptance is by you gotta have something that is worth pursuing exactly in the sense of purpose and exactly, meaning exactly. because why the hell would you endure all the hell of life and what it throws at you and all the emotional and mental challenges and the spiritual challenges you, you won't be able to endure it you will be miserable yeah you will be miserable you will suffer suffering without purpose doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't make sense to suffer without a purpose it's it, it, yeah. it's that's torture yeah that's torture and thus suffering with the purpose that's happiness. That's like yeah. you are happy. Yeah, that's w- meaning. Let me put it this way. Why is okay? I've obviously never experienced and will never experience childbirth, but yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to use it as an example. Yeah, yeah. Why is childbirth one of the most difficult physical ordeals someone goes through? They suffer for nine months, and then they suffer for the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours of delivery. But they look back at it as one of the happiest moments of their life. Yeah. But true. they're suffering. So how can you be happy? 
meaning and mm. purpose. Yeah. We really need to remove that narrative of pursuit of happiness yeah. and put pursuit of meaning and purpose because it guarantees happiness in good times yeah. and in bad. Yes. And there will be a lot more um, bad times if you have that me wrong mentality. 100% and talk about a lot of things because we're quite good to being in doing and going after things and and like doing 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 mode and then there's the opposite of being right mm -hmm. just learning how to be uh, in acceptance a state of bliss and actually happiness is an inside job happiness but is an inside job i like that yeah it, it really is absolutely it's a state of mind because we have that we have that uh nature of wanting to expand to reach goals but when you reach that goal you want to expand to the yeah. next one so it never stops mm -hmm. right but so that's why i added to my vision enjoying the process mm -hmm. on the way not only just creating helping having fun because sometimes i can forget to actually enjoy the process on the yeah. way because reaching the goal it's one day and then you're back to the normal life yeah. but how do you take time to enjoy the process well, just because it's it's very abstract, but how do you practice it out? Yeah, I have a specific thing. I sit sometimes in silence uh, with no lights or with some meditation music or beautiful music as I prefer. And I just focus on smelling, listening and feeling and getting in a state of acceptance and letting the body move at its pace mm. so i don't force i let my body breathe uh the way it want to breathe breathe and just go in 100 being mode being not the present being in the present not trying to judge just observe and just really okay how am i feeling is it hot is it cold but just just connecting with your senses and not trying to run away from your feelings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do, do you believe yeah. there is more to human capacity than what we see around us? 100%. I think uh, I think human beings haven't we have no idea the level of consciousness we can we can be upon and I think there's a higher level than the mind which is the soul and at the highest level there's the soul. And I don't think it's even words to describe the the intelligence and level of consciousness th that is surrounding us as human beings mm. at every single level. If you are aware and open your eyes to it, it's it's it makes me really humble and grateful, and it's challenging at times. But it's it's the mystery of life. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it makes me humble. Like it's definitely a mystery of life, and yeah. it's a journey, as you said, to to pursue and fulfill this. Yeah, really is. And the funny thing is, like as you see now when we speak, this is the concepts I try to bring into meeting booking. Mm. So it's not just about booking meetings. No, it's eighty percent is just how do you think and feel around these concepts right. we are discussing right, right now: fear, emotional models, belief systems then it's put into a practical thing in what to say and how to say it. But it doesn't matter if I give you the perfect script on what to say and how to say it. If on a fundamental emotional level and mentally level, 
you're in bad states and not working on your being and your mind every single day that that's that's where the toughest mm-hmm. toughest job is mm-hmm. so yeah because if at the end of the day it is a job of connecting people and as you mentioned we are emotional spiritual beings to begin with yeah that's how you connect 100 percent. it's right there and when you kind of understand that it's like every other person can feel irritated frustrated mm-hmm. he'll feel guilt feel shame feel blame they can feel down up they can feel irritated but do you, do you feel then now because this is the area of texting yeah we're in the era of text sender yeah. everyone has their phone on silent mode like <laughs> <laughs> i have my yeah. phone on sil- do you feel we're losing this communication we talk about the metaverse is less and less physical interactions when people do talk is comments emojis text we're going back to egyptian hieroglyphs basically with the emojis yeah. and emoticons i am um, d- definitely one of the beautiful things with social media is of course we can all stay way more connected across the go- globe yeah. is super fun at times but it's no uh there's no doubt that it has a lot of pros and a lot of of cons and uh, I believe uh, one of the things we have uh, perhaps social media have contributed is that we have disconnected a lot from our nature Hmm. and uh, because it's a one-sided world that are being that is being presented on social media nobody is posting their bad days their guilts their shames their blames their suicide thoughts or their depressions and uh, speaking openly about that you know it and that th- that's the thing also I want to be like uh, like frank about because that price there's a price of success mm-hmm. uh, people and that price uh, there's a price to pay and um, it ain't all sunshine it ain't all what you're seeing on Instagram and what's all being presented people people have no idea if you're like just starting out but again when you have a strong enough purpose you embrace both pain and pleasure in pursuit of it so but yeah i think like after covid that was what woke me up the power of human connections and how related we are if we actually just learn to speak from a state of being and not just being in a state of doing all the time and just being in our mind analyzing Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm all the time because the greatest uh, when i really live i'm present that's when i feel alive when you're present yeah when when i'm actually in the moment because a lot is being automated in our lives like we enter these routines when we wake up when we go to work yeah when we come home when the weekend hits and then you've automated suddenly 20 percent of your entire life yeah and the other 20 percent, let's say you're sleeping yeah so when have you actually consciously in the moment lived or served or grown so it's it's a challenge and i really feel this is what scares me at least i really feel the next generation has a huge challenge Mm. growing in today's world with the but let's call it the obstacles of um, isolation, yeah. bad communication, texting, yeah. not really in touch with the real physical world and yeah. not being grounded. 
not seeing their true potential, not seeing their true, like who they are mm. as humans. Yeah, this is what worries me. This is what really worries me where it's going. Because look at the statistics, purely on the statistics, depression is rising. Yeah, you know, mental Clinical, health issues. Yeah, mm. clinically, we have more youths this year on antidepressants in Norway yeah. than ever before. Mm. We're not really going in the right direction here. Yeah, 100%. And um, It's almost like you said, right? We have an unimaginable potential. Yeah. But you would not know that if you are focusing on the pursuit of happiness in a, yeah. well, let's call it a, a trauma world. Yeah. And using antidepressants, maybe yeah. it's justified, maybe, but I, I don't think so either. Right. I, I'm not a doctor, and uh, like uh, the thing is, I can only speak from my experience. Right. But I have found emotional and mental tools which have helped me through this, uh, a lot of the same issues, and um, I don't think we're we're good good at teaching people from a young age just how to connect and relate with your own feelings and feelings are the nature of your body mm. and your body is constantly communicating to you through your feelings and i believe our body has a intelligence that is far beyond Absolutely. what we understand but when we neglect and don't stop and okay how do i actually feel uh do i actually want to do this that's the power of a habit because it just keeps you going but at times you can just get stuck in the same freaking pattern not right. getting out of it so i try to schedule at least one day a week where i do nothing i don't plan no plans hmm. whatever happens happens i just let my body and my feelings decide what i want to do based upon what i feel feel mm -hmm. not about n not based on what i think right so because there's a lot of thinking and intellectual pursuit in what i do daily that's really good but i think more and more people need to learn how to just uh, trust their own bodies and feelings and use that as a guidance mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. feel their way forward mm -hmm. because you can't you can't plan the future 100% right no. you can have a plan until life hits you in the face right. so sometimes it you just gotta go with the flow yeah let kind of the nature of your feelings guide you right and jump into the uh, into the unknown and then you find out what's in the unknown are you afraid of anything in your personal life because your relationship with fear is honestly it is how it should be it is yeah. exemplary Thank you. Do you have any phobias? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I can be. Trans I had uh, like sleeping out in the dark. Has it been like at a that was your phobia? Yeah, this was like I had like a bad. Ever since I was a child, I had like a bad thing about the dark. But I conquered that by sleeping outside in the forest with a friend of mine. So, um, I was about to say turn off the lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm not that this Superman guy that doesn't get afraid right, of anything. Right. Like and but that's a very extreme way to conquer it. You know, most people start ah, yeah. by turning off the lights in their bedroom. Ah no, I jump right into it. That's that's the quickest way I feel. But it means you all re you really trusted your friend. 
Yeah, you really. cannot do this with someone. No, who's no, 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 no. Like me, I'll, I'll punk <laughs> you, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, you heard that? And <laughs> what was that in the woods, man? <laughs> no, and it's, it's like then I had a fear of like uh, because I didn't learn how to swim until last year. You learned how to swim yeah, finally? Yeah, yeah. Because I had a fear of like what is under the water and like I can sink to the bottom and die. Bro, I used to bu- not bully, but I used <laughs> yeah, to tease yeah. you a lot. Like we're living on a planet seventy percent water. You are from an island, Cape yeah, Verde, yeah. and you can't swim. Yeah, I remember. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. So I learned that. So I conquered that, and I with the help of my friends. But and same friend from the forest uh yeah he was uh, one of them actually who, wow. who helped also so wow it's so that was nice and uh frankly of course i can have a fear of losing money at times not earning enough money right. failing in business right. losing my health because of prior experiences but our past doesn't equal our future right mm. our memories only like a our brain is just trying to help us from things that have happened in the past, mm. but we label things falsely at times just as negative, and we don't see the hidden blessings of the negative things that have happened to us in life and how it's helping us fulfilling our purpose. Yeah. So when we can see the benefits in the negative stuffs and see the pros and the cons, and see the cons and the pros and learn to balance out our perceptions of how we see things, then you start to program your mind by seeing these hidden blessings of things that are happening for you and not to you. For and not to. Yeah. So then you can see on, okay, that breakup or that bad thing that happened, how did it serve you? And it happened on the way, not in the way. So I have a quite strong relationship to fear because i see in the unknown is where (coughs) i grow and fear is just that i haven't covered the details so by going to masters that are better than me people that have done it before me learning from them getting the details trying to implement myself um, implement implement it myself you can stand on the shoulders of giants instead of being afraid to move forward so and in the end we're all we're all gonna die, right? <laughs> so like, that at least our physical bodies for sure. Yeah, that that's that that. If Elon Musk doesn't invent <laughs> something artificial, <laughs> then we live until <laughs> infinity or something. Do you think? Do you think that's a possibility? Like I, purely speculative, obviously. I, if yeah, Elon Musk makes something that causes our DNA or our cells to um, duplicate, yeah, and heal hundred percent. Because that's aging and death. Each time you yeah. get older, it heals 99%, 98% until yeah. it can't do it anymore. I think there's a huge possibility within the next 20 to 40 years that uh, we can expand human life by quite some years. Would you rather expand it in quantity mm-hmm. or expand it in quality? What I mean by that is would mm, you rather live yeah. to 200 years or still live to 100 yeah. but look the same? That's an interesting thing. I'm quite curious by nature. So uh, I don't, that's a hard choice. <laughs> that's the choice you're given, man. Yeah. Blue pill, red pill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but like with, cause honestly, I think the second option mm-hmm. is more medically possible than the, well, yeah. Yeah. Than let's say living to 500 years versus still sticking to 100 years, but looking the same. I think the second option is more probable. Yeah. 
makes more sense that the second option is more probable. Yeah, I think we could slow down aging, yeah. but we can't stop physical death. No, no. And I, I don't know. Uh, this is a quite big question, but like every fear is actually bound down to the last fear, which is fear of death. And would life have any meaning without death? Exactly. So it's like... As I say, your highs are directly proportionate to your lows. Yeah. So... It's like we, we wouldn't feel happiness if we would wouldn't have mm -hmm. a, a perspective to sadness, mm -hmm. and learning to embrace both sides gives meaning and purpose mm -hmm. and enjoyment of life. So that's why we can't pursue only the happy. We have to pursue the meaning. Exactly, because that's where the suffering comes in. You're only pursuing one side of thing, which is not realistic. Right. It's, but yeah, I. I just like to live, man, feel alive. And I feel alive when I'm confronting what I fear. So what's the next confrontation? Let's let's oh. let's end with this. What is yeah. your next um Goliath that you're trying to expose uh, yourself to and um I have started a little bit. I don't know if I will accomplish it and I'm not gonna commit life to doing this, but <laughs> No, that's <laughs> the that's <laughs> the fun part, man. Yeah, but the thing is I have I have a my, when I say something in my brain, it starts. A, right, it right. starts something, you know. Right. But that is. Like <laughs> it was getting the crazy eyes. I yeah. Could <laughs> <see>. <laughs> and that is. Um, uh, I've tried some boxing, a little bit of sparring, mm -hmm. but uh, the mm -hmm. biggest confrontation and where I know I have the biggest personal growth, physically and mentally, is putting myself in a ring in a boxing match. That will, that would definitely. I would have personally right. the biggest growth lies there for me in embracing confrontation to that level. Right. And that would be just for experience. Um, I, I, th I believe there's a lot for me there to learn. One amazing thing, if you do decide to enter a ring, you will not need a booking agent. Because yeah. <laughs> you got that yeah. naturally. You'll be yeah. able to get your fights, get the pay-per-view money. Yeah. No, so it's it's not like, it's not on a hurry for me to of do, course, but oh, by sparring a little bit and because it's, I have such irrational fear around that area. A little bit of that is real, but just by sparring a little bit and feeling about it, there's a lot of teachings right, in that of course yeah so now martin davaiga it is it was and it will always be a pleasure likewise man and uh before we end let them know where to find you and where to follow your journey yeah so you can uh, follow me follow me on uh, martin davaiga on facebook martin davaiga 92 on instagram martin davaiga on linkedin martin davaiga.no it's a norwegian site but uh yeah or yeah ask me questions i answer back i'm easy to talk to are you easy to get it and book a phone call meeting with yeah i'm okay. i'm actually i'm <laughs> i'm super open people think okay. i'm like this serious guy in suit that like i'm super hard to get like i'm i'm curious by nature and yeah. love talking to people so amazing. uh no i'm thank you so much guys it's amazing to see what you're doing with vodcast and oh thank you about thank you. where where you guys are heading and then entrepreneurial spirit you guys are having and pursuing it's inspiring for me too so no, i'm, man, I'm following your journey awesome. too and like yeah. rooting for you guys and yeah i'm really grateful that i got a chance to to come here also so hopefully always a pleasure yeah man. Always likewise a pleasure. man <laughs> so uh
Uh, thanks, guys. And yeah. uh, we we'll hope to have you back one day. Yeah, thanks. Awesome.